sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, spooksters and parastalkers and our grand poobars and the lurkers. Two spooky Sundays yet again on the Newcastle Live Radio Network. We are here and we are ready for a fabulous time. What a show we have tonight, Renata. I I just, I have no words. I cannot wait. We were giggling before we even got in the door today to the point that I said, Renata, go to the toilet. We need the wheeze out now. (laughs) because otherwise there's going to be puddles on the floor. Um, We've got a new segment tonight, and I'm very excited about it. Now, it is replacing Paranormal Trash and Treasure, not necessarily permanently, but definitely for tonight. And what it is, is last week, we asked our listeners to text through some ideas to create a story using what we shall call a ghostwriter. And uh, we had them text through, uh, firstly, we wanted something that was going to be the demonic creature. Mm -hmm. And they said, a bin chicken. (laughs) Yes. Then we wanted a name for said bin chicken. Mm -hmm. We had the name Wayne. Wayne. And from that, because it's going to be the the Anne and Renata's ghost hunting adventures, Mm -hmm. we have... organized for this story to be created and the way it sort of rolled out is that we're going to have episode one tonight Mm -hmm. and then if you like it we will go for episode two Mm -hmm. next week Mm -hmm. now we we are going to need your feedback on this now when when are we rolling this story out what time about it will be yeah we'll be in the second half Uh so uh wherever i used to do the paranormal trash or treasure i think which is just after nine yeah was that the first segment after nine or second segment after nine Mm, i think it was second second. yeah so um but before that we have got paranormal news we have got um our question so if you've got your paranormal ghostly psychic mediumship anything like that any of those questions you can text those through now to zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six and we will endeavor to answer them for you Mm -hmm. now my cold is finally getting better my bronchitis Mm -hmm. it's still a bit iffy (laughs) and we're going away tomorrow we are yes we're going up to the Blue Mountains for two days. Get some fresh air. Yes. After being in Queensland. Yes. Oh, and God, didn't we come close? We came we so came close so to the close Rona. To, <laughs> to the Rona. Oh, my God. I reckon if we'd stayed there one more day, we would have got it. Oh, because the, the companions we were travelling with, they ended up getting it. But we saw them last on the Tuesday night mm-hmm. and they were testing every day and they were still testing negative on the Wednesday and then they tested tested positive on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. So then we tested every day and we've got to today and this is the fourth day um, now in a row we've tested and we're negative. We've got no symptoms whatsoever. So I declare we are Rona free. Yes. Yay! Yay! (laughs) All right. I'm going to hit you up with this story. Now, I posted a photograph in of a ghost, alleged ghost. Yes. It's a real one. On a premises. 
on a premises. And this is this is a new story. This this is only come out on the nineteenth uh, of January, so Ooh, literally just a few days very ago. Very fresh. Very fresh. Still smells. And I uh, I asked people to guess. Um, whose celebrity house this ghost oh, is Oh, that's right. Haunting. I remember seeing that blurry picture. I'm thinking, hmm. So if you want to uh, have a look at the ghost, it is on Newcastle Live Radio community page uh, on Facebook. So go to Facebook and pop in Newcastle Live Radio um, and it should come up with the community page. A couple of um, posts down, you will check out this photograph very very spooky and I asked people whether they uh, would hazard a guess of where this is um, has been taken and one of our beautiful listeners Mel actually got it right oh did she yes Ooh. so let me get into this story mm. it's from Katie Price who's Katie Price oh my god Anne oh dear Anne what Who? Katie Price is a big name over in England. Well, obviously not big enough because no. I don't know who she is. Oh, look, I'm sure you guys know who Katie Price is. But anyway, Katie Price films exorcism in Son Junior's bedroom at Mucky Mansion to get rid of ghosts ahead of TV show. Now, I don't know whether she's called it Mucky Mansion or whether Mucky Mansion is some sort of a proper name. I, I don't know. Or maybe it's the state of the house and the, it's a bit mucky and she needs to clean it up. The place is huge. Right. It is huge. Huge mucky. Right. So Katie Price is so determined to turn her mucky mansion back into a family home that she had an exorcism in Son Junior's bedroom. The 43-year-old wanted to get rid of the ghosts she says haunts the property and filmed it all for her new Channel 4 show. Of course she did. Of course. Just happened to have the cameras ready. Yes. So, Katie's determined to turn uh, the mucky mansion back into a family home. Uh, She says, who knows if it'll make it to air, as it was quite spooky. But she hopes that the ghosts are banished forever and she can turn the home back into a happy home. You can still have a happy home with ghosts there. Yeah, that mansion, there's plenty of rooms that yeah, the ghosts can go to. So we previously revealed how Junior, 16, and his 14-year-old sister, Princess... Are they seriously the names of the children? Yes. Very creative. Who Katie shares with ex-husband Peter Andre. Now, you should know... Oh, Peter Andre's the singer. Right, Peter Andre. Or is he a tennis player? No. <laughs> hate the mansion and are currently refusing to live there. An insider said while they were filming, Katie was upset to hear Princess and Junior say that they hate Sound the like house. dogs. <laughs> say they hate the house. Oh, my God. Sport little brats. <laughs> Although she also said she hates it. Oh. Your spoiled brats don't say my house is haunted and horrible. I hate it too, but I'm an adult and I can say it. Is that about right? (laughs) Yeah. She really wants to turn the house around. She's redoing all of the bedrooms to make it a proper home again. Proper. Okay. Last year, Katie insisted that the mucky mansion is haunted by the ghost of a little boy and that she has a psychic candle which answers questions. We all want a psychic, a psychic candle. A psychic candle. Christy, get some of those in the spells and spirits shop. People will buy a psychic candle, I'm telling you now. <laughs> they will flock to that. 
Speaking on the Fellas podcast, that's what it's called, the Fellas, last night she said, it's definitely haunted. I took a picture of a little boy sitting on my top floor. And that is a photograph. That blurry mess. That is a photograph that appears on Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page. (laughs) I've got pictures of a guy going through the mirror. I videoed it. (laughs) And me talking to a candle flame and it responding. <laughs> I'm I could telling say, you. Hello, candle, can you talk to me? Yes, I can. <laughs> I'll lean to the left for yes and to the right for no. My whole life is nuts, she says. <laughs> I thought you were talking about me then. <laughs> you cow. I had me, my friends in tears. <laughs> Yep, that's our life. She's talking about us. Oh, when I brought up stuff about them that I didn't know by talking to the candle. (laughs) What the hell? Fans will get to watch Katie's renovation journey on another journey. On new Channel 4 show, My Lucky Mansion, which starts in two weeks. Since I said she got a TV series out of it. Yeah, of course she does. Hmm. Uh, Since buying the property from former Cabinet Office Minister Francis Maud in 2014 for £2,000,000, Katie, 43, they've had to say it again because, gee, they set it up here and they're making sure everybody... That is very unusual for somebody to say their age. No, I look, she's a woman. Okay, so no, that, that's um, what I mean. They don't normally tell their age. She, How old are you? Shut up. <laughs> uh, Katie, forty-three, has hit was has been hit with a string of bad luck. Mama, five, Katie, she's been busy, was <coughs> left devastated in twenty twenty when intruders <coughs> ransacked the property. They flooded the upstairs by leaving the taps running, causing thousands of pounds of damage to her newly done kitchen rats. The trespassers also rummaged through Katie's personal boxes in the loft to see what they could find. Or they rummaged through her underwear drawer. Last year, her mucky mansion was targeted by thieves again. Katie returned there to find that a haul of personal photographs was stolen. Soon to be uploaded on Facebook. I am just... That's awful. I'm holding my breath in anticipation. Yes. I'm leaving in a pause on the patient because it wasn't worth it. So, is Mucky Mansion haunted? I guess we'll find out on her upcoming um, TV show. Mm. I suppose if we had put in a pilot TV show at that particular time, we would have been up against it, wouldn't we? We would have. And you know what? We wouldn't have even gotten close. We wouldn't have got close to Mucky Mansion with a a child on the stairs in a very blurry photo. Yeah. Because we're too honest. (laughs) And two two kids named Princess and... What is his name? Junior. Junior. Um, and once they They're started... They're dog names. I'm once, sorry. Once they started mentioning our ages, that is it. We'd be done. <laughs> done. Done. Mm. So there you go. That's the news. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. And we are back with Anne's weird story of the week. Now, this one is a true one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brindata actually experienced this as this was during the time period she was alive. <laughs> Sometime in mid-July of 1518 <laughs> in the city of Strasbourg, oh. a woman stepped into the street mm-hmm. and started to dance. Oh. I think I saw that. Yep, yep. Remember her? She had the long red hair. and um, Beautiful gown. Forgot to wear a bra that day. She was still dancing several days later, within a week, 
about a hundred people had been consumed by the same irresistible urge to dance. Mm. The authorities were convinced that the afflicted would only recover if they danced day and night. Now, how does that make sense? How can you say, oh, this woman's been dancing for a few days. I think she just needs to keep dancing for a few more days and nights. That will fix her. Mm -hmm. So, being the clever people that they are, the guild guild halls were set aside for them to dance in because they couldn't have them on the streets, could they? No, no, no it no. would stop the traffic. No, it would be just, yeah, I mean, that could cause an accident with the, the cart that the <laughs> medieval peasant was dragging around. Uh, musicians were hired to play pipes and drums to keep them mu- moving. And professional dancers were paid to keep them on their feet. Why would you encourage it? Why would you encourage it? I don't know. Guess what happened, though? Within days, those with weak hearts started to die. (laughs) Yes. Told you it was a weird one. Uh Right. Um, A popular idea has been that the dancers had ingested ergot or ergo, uh, a psychotropic mould that grows on stalks of rye, but it's highly unlikely. By the end of August 1518, about 400 people had experienced this madness. Finally, they were loaded aboard wagons and dragged off by those peasants <laughs> and taken to a healing shrine. Mm-hmm. Not until early December, uh, September did the ep- epidemic recede. So that's July to September. Wow. This was not the first outbreak of compulsive dancing. <laughs> Oh, please don't. I hope this one doesn't come back as a pandemic because I just can't dance. (laughs) I can't. Hang on, I've lost my spot. In fact, there'd been as many 10 dancing epidemics before 1518, one in 1374 engulfing many of the towns of modern-day Belgium, northeastern France and Luxembourg. You think we've got it bad now? Wow. We're just asking you to wear a mask. We're not asking you to dance day and night. Wow. (laughs) How do we explain this bizarre phenomena? So, as I said, they thought that it might have been the psychotropic mould. Apparently that can trigger delusions and spasms, Mm -hmm. which people probably think that my dancing was spasms. Uh, But it typically cuts off the blood supply to the extremities, making making coordinated movement very difficult. It was also suggested that the dancers were members of a heretical cult. This is also improbable because contemporaries were certain that the afflicted did not want to dance and the dancers themselves, when they could, expressed their misery and need for help. This is reminding me (coughs) of the red shoes. Yes. That she put the red shoes on and she couldn't stop. Yes. Mm I wonder if this is what... um, uh, inspired that. Mm. Mm. Kate Bush has a song on that. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> it's not um, that one. <laughs> all right, so not that one. Express their misery and need for help. What's more, there was no suggestion of treating these people as heretics. The other main contender was an outbreak of mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Now, we saw that happen with Ouija boards, didn't we? Yes, yes. And also the whole satanic panic. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is probably a more plausible thing, especially because in 1518, the poor of Strasbourg were experiencing famine, disease and spiritual despair. Yes. They've been praying to God and God was not answering and God was leaving them in misery and the rich were getting richer. But then he gave them a sign. Dance. Dance, people. Dance. Dance then wherever you may be. For I am the Lord of the dance, said he. Oh, it's all in song. It's there. Oh, my God. Oh, oh that was my Christian oh, roots oh. rising up there. You know what's going to happen. People will be listening to this and they'll they'll be getting the twitches. <laughs> Let us know if you started to dance on 0490 <laughs> Um All right, now get back to my story. <clears throat> so they were having spiritual despair on a scale unknown for generations. But it doesn't explain why the people danced in their misery. Mm. You think you'd only dance when you're happy. So modern thoughts is that the dancers were actually in some sort of trance state. Um, Otherwise, they would have been unable to dance for such lengths of time. It reminds me a little bit of the Shakers in America when um, they would do the whole shaking thing and it gets them into an, an altered state and they just kept on shaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, we've got to do a story on that weird cult in um, America. Where oh, they, which one? There's where, many. <laughs> where they bring the snakes out. Yeah, you know, nah. The, you know, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> and, you know, the snakes can bite you, but you're not going to die, except you do. <laughs> This show is going to go downhill. I'm sorry, guys. We are in a mood tonight. Oh, boy. Look, I have heard of this, of this hysterical dancing. It has happened before. I told you it was in the time you were born. It it, it happened recently. When I say recently, within the last 30-odd years, I've heard it happening to a group of teenagers um, where they sort of did something very, very similar. I can't remember the story now. I'll have to have a look at it. Well, I'll finish my story. If you don't mind. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so they reckon that a trans state is more likely to occur in people who are under extreme psychological distress um, and believe in the possibility of spirit possession. Mm-hmm. So they're that miserable and they're, they're just given up and they they just sink into this trance with all the movement, probably concussion from the brain jiggling around. Um and it sort of ticked all the boxes <coughs> in Strasbourg in 1518. The city's poor were suffering from severe famine and disease. Uh, and we also know that they believed in a saint called Saint Vitus, who had the power to take over their minds and inflict a terrible compulsive dance. Oh, I've never heard of that I've saint. never heard of Saint Vitus. And I was drilled in many of them. Mm. We'll have to look him up. Did the Pope know about that one? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Sneak that one in on a Sunday afternoon. Oh. Uh, once these highly vulnerable people began to anticipate the Saint Vitus curse, they increased the likelihood they'd enter into the state, uh, entranced state. And once in it, they acted out the part of the accursed, dancing wildly for days at a time. So the epidemic was probably the result of both desperation and pious fear. And then I added in, and the need to be like everyone else. Mm, yes. So, well, if Max, Fred, and George are being influenced by Saint mm-hmm. Vitus, I need to be pious too. I need to be. So they'd all start twitching in the streets. Mm-hmm. So apparently they were taken to a shrine to beg for mercy. Um, 
the, the dancing plague died out because the supernaturalist beliefs that fed it gradually disappeared. In the short run, cities like Strasbourg were no longer susceptible because they became Protestant during the Reformation and spurned the saint worship. That's why he disappeared. Mm-hmm. They got rid of the, the Protestants got rid of him. Um, and <coughs> sorry, they spurned the saint worship on which the dancing plague depended. In the long run, the fervent supernaturalism of the medieval world had to make way for the rise of modern science and rationality. Um, I still don't think we've got a lot of that going on. We've got the modern science, we've got the rationality, but not necessarily everybody. Mm. Some people are stuck in those medieval thought patterns. The dancing madness was effectively starved out of existence. Even so, half a millennium later, it still serves as a reminder of the ineffable strangeness of the human brain. And that story came to us from the BBC. Oh, yes. yes. Well researched. Yes, and very, very common for people to fall into this trap of following the leader. Yeah. And uh, if there are a number of people uh, in a society or a place or your tribe that are doing a particular thing, uh, the likely hoodies you will follow along just so you aren't standing on the edge of it all and they're looking at you suspiciously going why isn't Anne dancing is she the cause of all of this is she the witch yes oh that's right if I'm not dancing I must be the witch (laughs) she the witch that's making all this happen Yes. Well, Jess says she's heard of one in France. They too were living in famine and disease. I wonder if it's to do with um, vitamins and minerals uh, lack of. Mm, could be. Or that they're eating things they shouldn't just to try and fill their bellies. Mm. And it, look, it could be some immunity thing and some form of horrible <coughs> thing that is growing on a plant and they're eating it. Uh, they normally wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, the God, you ate grass back then. Yeah, just, you did. You ate just, anything. Yeah, and Jess did. also added in there, but of course the church kept telling them to pray more. You obviously weren't praying hard enough. Mm. Hmm. Let's not go there. No, let's not go there before we all get into trouble. This is the time of the evening that we throw it over to you guys to send in your questions. And thank you very much to some of you who have done that. Now, we're joined in studio tonight by Janet. Mm -hmm. Janet is our demonically possessed doll. And uh, when I gave her to Renata just before Christmas, Renata unwrapped her and we had phenomena here in the studio Mm -hmm. we had three very clear knocks which people that were listening to the show at the time all heard clearly and in this big barn of a place where we record there was nobody here Mm. yes Mm. we actually went and checked we did we did we had roman with us as well so we sent him out All right. Do we have questions, Renata? What have we got? Yes. So first of all, thank you, Catherine, for saying Spooky Sundays uh, is one of your favourite shows. Love you for that. Uh, We have Portable Tree who is asking whether the candle um, that um, Katie Price talks to is called Lumiere. Be my guest. Be my guest. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Now, a question here. Good evening, ladies. I'm Mel. I was on your Maitland Jail tour a few weeks ago. Oh, hi, Mel. Renata gave me and my bestie a cleansing at the end of the night. We are booked in for your Grossman House tour in February. Oh, we've created some addicts. I like that. Can't wait. Would love a shout-out if you get a chance. Thank you for a great night, Mel. Well, here's your shout-out, Mel. 
awesome. Thank Hello. you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Mel, very, very much. And we look forward to seeing you um, at uh, Grossman and Bruff Houses. And that is a tour that we still are selling tickets for. Yeah, you opened that up and it went bang. There's lots of tickets that went flying out really quickly. Yes. So that was February the 18th. And you'll be able to find a link for that on Newcastle. Yeah, Coast come Tours. and hang with us because we love to do the ghost hunting. And this is also supporting these National Trust houses. And we'll have all our gadgets there. And uh, we actually do a little bit of the, um, if I remember correctly, table tipping, glass dowsing stuff mm. there too. Mm. Mm. Uh, and uh, we have... Um, Radio silence is what we have. It's called the the dance that you're you're talking about. Yeah. The story was um, Saint Vitus. Yeah, Saint Vitus, and the phenomena is known as Saint Vitus dance. Oh, there we go. So we will look. Somebody a bit very further. cleverly named that. We will look a little bit further into that. And I actually st- stumbled across that one because I I was thinking of doing a new segment of um, weird ways people die, and. And um, I typed it in, and that was one of the first things that came up, and it was actually part of the paranormal thing. I went, oh, well, I'll just use that. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes from Jenny Alderton, so thank you Thanks, very much. Thanks, Jenny. We love when our uh, our listeners actually send us in information because... Grand Poopah. We don't know everything. No, absolutely. we don't. <laughs> and I've Mel, forgotten more than I remember. Mel Caffarelli. Hello. Mel from the Snowy Mountains. Good evening, my sweet. We love you. And um, who is this? Now, somebody had asked a question on the feed earlier, and if I, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of, with psychic and mediumship abilities, is there such a thing as a hereditary ability that is passed down through the generations, or um, can you just have it randomly? Mm, absolutely. Uh, yes, in most cases, people who are uh, psychic uh, will have inherited it from a member of the family. Um, you can build your psychic muscles. You can strengthen your psychic abilities. And everyone does have uh, a bit of a psychic ability Um Percentage-wise, who knows? Um, anything from 1% to 100% psychic. Um, but we all use our psychic senses. We can hone them by using them even more. But there are some people who seem to just be tuned in um, as if they're operating under a, a, a wider frequency, and that is often inherited from a family member. Nicely done. Shout out to uh, Joe and Laura. Uh, apparently, Joe's making her daughter listen to this. Got a chain to the chair at home, <laughs> forcing her to listen. No, she's enjoying it, apparently. Um, all right, we've got Night Stalker Paranormal on. Hey, Night Stalker Paranormal. Hi, Brent. Hi. Uh, how do you inanimate objects? How do inanimate objects get possessed? Ooh. That's a really good question. And I think that might come down to your. Um, personal beliefs on that one because it's not really known how they do it. Mm. Uh, and I was wondering how Janet supposedly got possessed because mm-hmm. her story, of course, is that um, she had a jealous sister that broke off two of her fingers and she was a ballet dancer. That's true. Um, 
So what what's so, your thoughts on that, Renata? Yeah, let's let's widen this a little bit. So let's not go to the possessed end of this. Let's go to the haunted mm-hmm. or maybe carry residual energy. So let's look at, at this whole range of opportunity um, or energetic vibration that might be connected to inanimate objects. So when we look at something that is near and dear to us, like a wedding ring or a gift, uh, it can imbue or be imbued by a lot of um, emotion that is attached to the object so you might love your wedding ring you might have a particular object at home or as a child even if you had a special toy which you played with every day you really put a lot of energetic value into that specific item and even though it was an inanimate object it's still an object that carries a vibration So let's remember that everything is a vibration and even inanimate objects that are or look solid still have a vibrational rate and not everyone but some people who are super duper sensitive to these sort of things can actually pick up on the memories or the stored or imprint imprint yep that is associated um, or built up in this particular on in these particular objects so we can go from things that are residual memories or moments in time that seem to be captured in these items to um, haunted items where we get a sense or feeling that there is something not right with a particular item or it feels yucky or awful um, to what people believe are possessed items where we go really up the scale and these things just completely freak you out and seem to have an energy that is beyond the norm they seem to have a an um, an, an, an energy that animates the item. Yeah, uh, few and far between. A lot, a lot less than what you would believe on Etsy. Um, <laughs> or, and paranormal treasure, uh, treasure. Paranormal treasure, treasure. But again, uh, our personal beliefs uh, about what we feel or sense when we pick up these things is um, imperative to all of this. So people who go through um, uh, secondhand shops and things like that are likely to pick up items that have lived elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those items carry the owner's energy. The residual energy, mm, yeah. In to their new space and may not let them go so easily. Uh, so what you are feeling is this residual energy that is happening. And there's also the practice of um, magicians, um, uh, magic with a K, uh, who would take an item and quite often in the Victorian era they had human something or rather woven into like a doll or a bracelet or something and the thought was that they were weaving part of the soul or the energy of that particular person into the item mm-hmm. uh, so you you have things like the haunted dolls and these dolls had real human hair because they belong to a child that may have died or a lady that may have died and they've used that hair as part of making the the doll and they were hoping that they could keep a piece of that person with them and just by that intent alone do they keep a piece of that person with them but I mean sorcery magicians that sort of thing they they would deliberately 
be trying to capture the soul or capture a spirit or catching a demonic entity and and trapping it within these items. Mm-hmm. Now, whether this is all true or not, I don't know. But that is one way that um, I suppose they could become possessed or imbued with the energy of that, that um, spirit. And there's, there's one interesting thing that I always uh, note when we talk about this. Um, and if you have any time to stand around in a news agency for any length of time, don't be creepy about it, just a few minutes, watch people picking up the newspaper or um, a magazine. And you will often find that what they do is they go for the second or third one on the pile. They don't pick up the first one because the first one has been touched by been somebody touched, else. Got the Rona. And so you even subconsciously go down to one that you feel is clean or, or one that hasn't been touched by somebody. Um, and that's just this weird thing that we do. And Joe wanted to thank me for giving a shout out to Laura. She doesn't know who Laura is because her daughter's name is Lara. <laughs> I'm having one of those nights, Joe. I need a bevy in my hand to make uh, me feel a little better. Laura, Laura might be a, a spirit. Yeah, that's it. It's that's a possession there. No, um, don't scare and, Lara. And Crispy is saying saying that she reckons that all of this sounds like Horcruxes. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to a song, and then we're going to come back with, to finish off some more questions that are there. Now, we've got to be quick because Renata has um, picked a very big song to go to the news. Um, So first off, Maxine wants to know, do we do home visits? Yes, but very rarely. Uh, We normally solve the problem over the phone uh, and we would only go if it was um, something that we don't think can be solved over the phone. In saying that, we did do a house call uh, in Queensland. We did. We uh, shot two episodes with uh, the Butsman in Queensland, which is why we away last week uh, or this week and uh, one of them was in a spooky tunnel and I did something very naughty mm-hmm. and then the second one was somebody's private home mm-hmm. and that's a cracker in its way um, a, all crack, right. a cracker a in, cracker its, in its, way. its own way <laughs> Renata have you ever given a creepy reading where you received an off feeling and the pictures you received were weird and then asked polite questions whereby it clarified the visions and can you still feel that rate reading today um, no, um, I really ca- keep connected to things like that because I just I, I need to get them you out. Go of, nuts! Yeah, I need to get them out of my system and uh, move on to the the next thing. Otherwise, it, it can tend to. It's like anything else; it will put its hooks into you once you emotionally and mentally allow yourself to dwell in a particular space. So you sort of just go, okay, I wipe that and I move on. I've had lots of experiences over thirty years. Some of them um, have turned out weird, but often I will uh, stop the um, process and kind of go, look, I'm I'm really not getting it here. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, So unless people can clarify for me a little bit, I I will tend to sort of go, "Mm, yeah, it's it's just not happening. I try and keep things on track. and, and probably what you're thinking about too is more mediumship rather than the psychic side of things or sort of the, 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 the assistance that tarot cards can give when we do a reading, um, which is kind of a, a completely different wavelength. Um, 
Yeah. So I've look. I've had weird things where I've picked up on people who have been murdered, um, and yeah, odd, really odd things. But it's it's kind of few and far between. Yeah, and uh, we we have to get to the next song. But there is another good question there as well. Have either of you ladies been possessed by anything, and how did you get rid of it? We might try to answer that um, just at the end of the show. Uh, but because we've got to go to an awesome, awesome song to get to the news. Yeah, it's a long. One, but it's though. a big one. It's a big one. Strap yourselves in with the batteries and a drink because it's <laughs> it's a powerful one. Hotel California. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back to the second hour of Spooky Sundays. And, of course, in this hour we've got some... Interesting things happening Ooh. with a new story. Yes. Yep. I'm just reading through it and just uh, correcting mm-hmm. a few grammatical things that were wrong in there. Oh, my God. <sighs> so get ready. Get your friends and tell them. Get a glass of that, wine. That the story a bev- a of <laughs> uh, Wayne the Demonic Bin Chicken is coming up shortly after the next song. And um, Ash Barty, you do it, girl. You go, oh, you, you go, girlfriend. You get him, Ash. All right, I'm gonna. I'm going to go into a very, very local ghost story now, and this is a story that I actually uh, was given to me very, very early on. I decided to write a little booklet um, back in. Oh, when did I do this? A long time ago. B.A., before Anne. (laughs) Yes, and it was a a booklet of um, local ghost stories, and this is one of them that was given to me. And uh, this is Kay's story. So uh, we protect the identity of people if they don't want to give us their names, but we certainly always look for ghost stories. So if anyone out there that's listening right now has a, a story that they would like to hand over to me to put into a book, please, please contact me. So in the early 90s, I lived in a house in Cooks Hill. The house was divided into three separate apartments. Downstairs, there were two single bedroom flats, while upstairs was a much larger two bedroom unit complete with a long hallway and a very large lounge room. The hallway had top and bottom cupboards all the way down one side of the hall. The long rectangular lounge room contained two comfy chairs as well as a dining room table at one end. I lived in the one of the downstairs units. Friends lived in both the remaining units. It was in this house I experienced the presence of a very strong and what I consider to be unpleasant energy. All occupants were friends. We would often spend time in each other's apartments. Initially, we found our experiences amusing. I remember one of the first times we encountered this energy. We had come home late one night from an evening out and were sitting around the dining room table. We dumped our keys and loose change on the table and commenced a discussion. To our surprise, one of the coins slid along the table and dropped to the floor. This obviously caught our attention, but before anyone could say anything, another coin moved with such speed that it flew off the end of the table and hit the wall. This was quickly followed by the remaining coins all doing the same thing, one at a time. I would have opened up my wallet and caught them. A knife block was hung on the wall in the kitchen above the sink. On one occasion following a group dinner, I was standing at the sink doing the dishes. All of a sudden, one of the knives left the knife block and flew over my shoulder. It crossed the room and stuck into the wall on the other side. 
Luckily, with the, with the surprise, I moved sideways in shock as a second knife did the same thing. Things started to get a little out of control from that day onwards. I would regularly be awoken at night with the presence of what I believed to be a little girl at the foot of my bed. I lived alone and did not have any children. Uh, in my mind, I could hear her calling, Daddy, Daddy. I would tell her, I am not your daddy and go away. And then she would vanish. After several instances of this happening, I heard her say, Daddy, help me. I said to her, I don't know how to help you. And with that, her image reddened and faded away quickly. Reddened? Reddened. And she was angry. At this time, my friend who lived upstairs was also a work colleague. And in the morning following the plea for help, I was suddenly awoken by a feeling of pressure on my chest. I was unable to lift my shoulders from the bed no matter how I tried. Eventually, I was finding it difficult to breathe, yet somehow managed to lift my shoulder from the bed, only to be thrust back down again with a feeling of hands around my neck getting tighter and tighter. Next time, say if they're saying, Daddy, you go, yes, dear. I honestly thought I was going to die. At that moment, the telephone rang and the pressure was instantly released from me. I stumbled to the phone and before I could speak, I heard my friend's voice calling from work. He said, what's happening? You're late for work and I just had a feeling something was going on in the house. On another occasion, my friend upstairs went away for the weekend. As he had a waterbed and I had never slept in one before, I asked him if I could try sleeping on it while he was away. He agreed. On the night uh, I slept on the waterbed, I actually had trouble getting to sleep. I felt very uneasy with what had been going on in the house. I'd be getting seasick if it was me. <laughs> I Does anyone have a waterbed anymore? Do they actually exist? That's interesting. I lay on my back with arms outstretched, closed my eyes and tried to shut out any thoughts. Remember, this was the first time I'd ever slept on a waterbed, so was not used to how it felt or how a little movement caused an almost floating sensation. I slowly drifted to sleep. On what I thought, in what I thought was a dream, it felt like I was being lifted off the bed, almost like I was floating above the bed. This made me feel uncomfortable and I started to grip the bed with my hands. I was suddenly awoken to a banging and crashing sound and when I opened my eyes, uh, it wasn't a dream. I was actually floating about 30 centimetres above the bed with my hands gripping the bed to hold on. Oh my God. At that instance, I flopped back onto the bed and literally bounced onto my feet in panic. I headed straight out the bedroom door and down the hallway towards the back door. The banging and crashing sounds that I was hearing were actually all off the hallway cupboard doors. Oh, that's right. She had cupboards all down the yeah, hallway. opening and slamming shut. That's poltergeist. Yep. Eventually, all three of us moved out of the house and moved to different locations. The house has since been totally renovated and I have never returned to it. I often wonder if the energy still remains there. I never had much faith in psychics or fortune tellers before living there. However, I finally convinced myself to go and see one. I told her nothing of my experiences there or anything even related to the subject. To my surprise, as I walked into her room and before she commenced the reading, she looked at me and said, I need to tell you something. That place you lived in at, and she named the exact street address, 
and the presence you experienced there was pure evil. Oh, it's a cranky little girl who was looking for a daddy and got told no. She had a tantrum. And sometimes what happens is that spirits will take on uh, a persona that may not necessarily be theirs. Hmm. And so they talk about this often when we're trying to make a connection um, and when people are using their dreaded Ouija board. Uh, and they may appear as though they are someone or something else just or to get you. Mimicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just to, you know, uh, uh, allow you to make that connection and make sure that you're feeling safe. Yeah, so draw they you hook in. you in. Yep. And then they become something else completely. And you can't get rid of them. Mm. What a lot of baloney. Mm. But, 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 we have to always just be aware to always be in charge of all those situations. So if you are attempting to make some sort of a connection in any way, shape or form, uh, you need to always know that you are in charge of the process. And if you feel that you're not capable of doing that, step away and just allow somebody else who has more experience to do it or... Just learn a little bit more about what you're trying to do. And if you approach anything with fear, that's never a good idea because fear is just going to lead you into um, more fear. It's just going to layer in on top and then you become um, oversensitive to things that are happening around you and you think that everything is a ghost. Mm. Instead of our normal trash and treasure, we're going rogue. We are are going rogue. And this is an idea that came up last week, uh, which you guys fed into and helped us work out who or what the demonic entity was going to be and what their name was and a bit of a scenario. Now we're going to offer you... Chapter one. Chapter one. But we will need your help at the end of this. So once you've heard the story, we need you guys to give us some information on where we go from here. So you'll need to text it to 0490 Now, guys, welcome to the inaugural, inaugural um, episode of Anne and Renata. The Ghost Hunting Grannies. Anne and Renata have been called to Swansea, New South Wales, to investigate reports of a demonic bin chicken terrorising the town. (laughs) I'm not going to get through this if you are going to laugh straight up. Sorry. I wasn't supposed to look at you, Gowan. The creature known as Wayne has been summoned by local psychic Tony. The psychic's last words were, call Anne and Renata. They must destroy the bin chicken or the world will be doomed. On receiving the psychic call for help, Anne and Renata charged their batteries and headed to Swansea, New South Wales. They'd been warned by the locals that this was a dangerous place to be, but they couldn't turn down such an intriguing case or call for help of an alleged demonic bin chicken terrorising the town. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. The two ghost hunters stepped out of their rented Toyota Corolla. (laughs) How the hell did they come up with that? I don't know. As soon as it came to a stop at the edge of town... The sky was dark with rain coating everything in its path. Not a soul could be seen on the long dirt road 
leading up to an old wooden church where Wayne lived and wreaked havoc from the sky. Renata, Anne said, looking around, I can feel his presence. They approached slowly towards the building when suddenly there was a thunderous flap of wings from above and a bin chicken <laughs> fell to the ground at their feet. <coughs> this must be Wayne, Anne said as she took out her ectoplasmic gun and aimed it at the bin chicken. <laughs> The world is depending on us. Don't you dare make me use this. Suddenly, Rick from the local news station, Newcastle Live Radio, appeared with camera and recorder in hand and started filming. Rick, Anne said as she tried to swat away the annoying fly. What are you doing here? It's dangerous. Oh, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting the Newcastle Live Radio listeners to know all about the demonic bin chicken terrorising your town. Rick said as he continued to film. People will be terrified once I show them this footage. I'll expose this bin chicken and his little cult. Newcastle Live Radio's viewers will be grateful. Uh-huh. Little cult, Anne said, shivering in fear. What do you mean by that? Suddenly, Rick was attacked from behind. No, 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 by a man dressed all in black with a hockey mask. What? No. Rick fell to the ground, screaming in pain as the man in black pulled off his flesh and started eating him alive. Oh my God! Watching this sent chills down Anne's spine as she ran towards the church along with Renata, who had already begun shooting at the masked figure. I'm glad they finally mentioned you Thank again. Thank you very much. It was getting yeah. a bit awkward. <coughs> oh, I'm always left behind. <laughs> leave, me, leave him alone, she shouted as her ectoplasmic bullets hit its target and exploded on impact. We know you are here for Wayne. <laughs> Suddenly, the bin chicken flapped its wings at Anne and Renata, knocking them both to the ground. The masked figure got off Rick's body, but instead of chasing after Renata, Anne and Renata, he started eating Rick. Oh, my God. Lucky Rick. Why? Why is he not coming after us? Anne exclaimed as she struggled to get up. He must be after Wayne. We need to get to the church before he does, Renata shouted. As she, oh, sorry, shouted. We need to get to the <laughs> church before he does, Renata shouted as she also struggled up. If this masked man finds Wayne, who knows what will happen? Suddenly, they like saying suddenly, <laughs> a large dark shadow appeared from the distance. Uh-oh. Anne looked up, Uh but it was too late. The demonic bin chicken, Wayne, swiped at her with his claws and she flew across the dirt, hitting a few mailboxes. (coughs) (laughs) Okay. Anne tried to stand up and fell down. She tried again and this time she managed to stand up. The bin chicken was already attacking Renata. Oh, no. No, you don't, Anne shouted as she fired her ectoplasmic gun at Wayne. Pew, pew. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, no. Pew. (laughs) 
But he just flew higher into the sky. Mm -hmm. She could see his red eyes watching them from above as if waiting for them to make a move. Suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) I can do this. I can can make it. The masked man jumped onto the roof of the church. Jeez, he must have a good job. He must be learning parkour from my son Alex at Newcastle Parkour. He's a Um, ninja. (laughs) And started screening obscenities at the demonic bin chicken wane and tried to get up but fell down again. You're not doing well. (laughs) Due to her injuries, she could see that Renata was still fighting with Wayne. Finally, she stood back up, but then she saw (coughs) that Rick was still alive, dragged himself into an old mail station, (coughs) which had been abandoned for years since the new post office opened in town. (laughs) That's just so random. Oh, no, she shouted as she made her way towards him. You need medical attention. Rick, who has no skin left and has part of his body eaten by the man in black. No time for me, Rick said weakly. He looked totally exhausted. We were wrong about this demonic bird all along. What do you mean, Anne asked, looking confused. We have to stop it from attacking people. I know I was wrong. Rick said his, he struggled up with no skin and partly eaten. Mm-hmm. This, that isn't Wayne, the demonic bin chicken, doing this. Someone else must be controlling him. Oh, no. <gasps> Is it the black thing? I don't know. The black man with the hockey mask. No, not black man. <laughs> the black dressed man with the hockey mask. <laughs> oh, I'm just, oh, all right, Vanelli there. Yeah. Who? Anne asked, confused. Suddenly there was a loud suddenly there was a loud screech and they saw the masked man fall off the roof of the church. Seeing an opportunity, the demonic bin chicken Wayne swooped down and carried him high into the sky. Oh no. Watching them both fly away sent shivers down Ed's spine. Once again, there's no mention of you, it's all about me. <laughs> she watched in horror at what happened to her only friend who got eaten alive by the demonic bin chicken Wayne. Wayne, which took all of his flesh, leaving just bones behind. I'm confused because it says my only friend. I thought it was with you. <laughs> was it you that's been eaten alive? I don't know. I thought he dragged himself off to a mailbox somewhere. Oh, no. but hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, she knew for certain that there is some evil force controlling Wayne, but where did it go? Stay tuned for next week's episode <laughs> of Wayne the Demonic Bin Chicken. Who was the masked man? Who was the masked was man? Was Wayne the Bin Chicken really demonic? What happened to Renata? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Find out in the next week's episode of Wayne the Demonic Bin Chicken Terrorizes Swansea. So, God. guys, do we like this? We need to know. If you want to get episode two, we need you to text 0490848886. But we also need your advice. We need you just to give a couple of sentences or ideas or words even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What happens next? Mm-hmm. Who is controlling Wayne? I yes. want you to make a suggestion. Who is the man in the mask? What's happened to me? What is their motivation? How can Rick still hold a camera? <laughs> My only friend that died. (laughs) And maybe, maybe we need to introduce a special power. 
but who gets a special power? Is it you, me, or Wayne the Bin Chicken or the the hockey mask? No. <coughs> I, I think the hockey mask man has something to do with controlling Wayne. Well, that would be a bit obvious, wouldn't it? I don't well, know. Let's not be obvious. So okay, please. it's up to you guys. You guys are leading this story. We're just pinning it all together with yep. our, our uh, ghostwriter. Yep, so 0490 We need it by the end of the show mm-hmm. so that we can now program our ghostwriter to hopefully give us more of the story. Yeah, and remember, the juicier the better. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays. We are in our last half hour and I hope you're all composing yourself after the demonic bin chicken story. Now remember, you still have time to put in your suggestions for Chapter 2. And they're coming through. We're getting some great suggestions, which is awesome because this is all about developing our own <coughs> Novocastrian demonic <coughs> bin chicken story. Now this is important. This is world shattering. This, it will never be the same again once this story is developed. So, put your thinking caps on. And in saying that, we have our beautiful Christy from Spells and Spirits on right now. Hello, 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 gorgeous. Hello. 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 Love the story. Yes, is it a cracker? It's a cracker. Oh, look, uh, it just makes me stand by something I've always said. Crack is whack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you talking uh, uh, about tonight? What what can you what can you tell us? So tonight, I'm going to talk about the different types of witches. Oh, okay. So gone are the days where you know Glinda asked if are you a good witch or a bad witch. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently now there's more than 23 types of witches. What? More. 23? I know. Goodness so, gracious. Look, I think most of the time people just make stuff up, but... <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> you it's, reckon? It's, it's all about selling books. I mean, if it was only one type of witch, well, I mean, they'd only sell one book. Oh, but look, I think, you know, with the different types, there's just so much that... Witchcraft and magic can encompass. Yes, that's true. So I think it's just an evolution of education, actually. Mm-hmm. So the more people learn, um, you know, people have their magical preferences. People have things that they are drawn to. Um, people have their zone of genius of what they're into. And I think that's what, you know, creates such different things. And obviously people have a need to label themselves as something mm-hmm. um, to do that. So, look, I'm just going to go through a few different types because, you know, it would take like an hour if I go through all 23. Mm-hmm. And lighten but, us. Yes. But, you know, first and foremost is the Green Witch. And I think most people um, understand the Green Witch. They're the ones that are in the gardens. They're the forest ones. They've got a deep connection to Earth and really draw their magic from the natural world. And from the earthly elements. Mm-hmm. So these sort of people are the ones that, you know, a gun at all their plants and herbs. You know, I like to think I'm the green bit witch, but when I look at my plants, I know I'm not. <laughs> you know, uh, I unless, kill them. You know, yeah, um, that's my special gift as well with that. So, yeah, so definitely a green witch is all about, you know, connecting to the earth in their practices, um, herbology things like that as well. So 
Moving on, mm-hmm. the yes, last yes. Keep it brief. I will be here forever. Is the hedge witch? Oh, so what's the difference the between way? a head? A difference, different. Yeah, what's a head yes. witch? <laughs> so a hedge witch pretty much always is practices alone, and it's, it's more of a traditional medicine man or woman. Um, so whether they're part of a tribe or they just live in a small cottage by themselves, um, it's more of that they perform more small day-to-day domestic actions, which makes life easier. Um, you know, so they're quite focused on the hearth and the home and animals mm-hmm. with that. So they mainly they mainly still interact with nature, but other than you know the more the plants sort of side. They work, you know, quite into the spiritual world as well. So being hedge means that, you know, I guess that veil between our world and the spiritual world. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I mean, they also don't they don't feel like they need part of a coven. They just want to work on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, you know, they're the healers and of the earth. Um, you know, I, I guess they can be in a coven, but they probably don't need it. Mm-hmm. Then we have the kitchen witch. So you guessed it. Yes, their magic practical practices happens in the kitchen. Ooh, so they use the yeah. herbs, the cooking, the potions and things like that. So for me, I've always been brought up in a kitchen um, and come from yeah, three generations of chefs. So for me, really, my heart really is in the kitchen. I will happily commute to Sydney every day as long as I can spend an hour cooking myself dinner when I get home. Oh, wow. Because that's my relaxation and my downtime, and that's where I really get a lot of joy mm-hmm. in that. So that's why I've always got simmer pots going, a lot of herbs happening. And I, was, I was doing a, a course on that particular one and um, they were saying as you were sprinkling in the ingredients, you um, thought of the magical purposes and you stir it with intent, saying that uh, I, I use this to bring me protection and uh, for my family, for myself, and the, as we consume this, it imbues me with these magical properties. Exactly, and that can be a practice done with just your cuppa every morning. Yeah. Even with I a glass say, of water, I, just I, sit there and give it some intention. I, I tend to say other things with my first cuppa in the morning, but never mind. Yeah, she's not good on <laughs> the first one in the morning. Uh, yes, don't we know that? <laughs> gosh, gosh, gosh. The next one is the cottage witch. Yes. And that's something that I aspire to be because, you know, more than anything, I just dream of myself being in a cottage in the forest 200 kilometres away from another human being. <laughs> <laughs> with that and the cottage which really is that sort of really I guess more subdued um, quiet magic so just in the home and just making a really nice aesthetic kind of home you know ideally it's a beautiful English countryside cottage mm-hmm. um, with that but just making that foundation of just you know the home the feelings that home gives people Yes, um, Warm, of, you know, warmth, comfort security. and safety, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Now, the next one is an interesting one, is the fire witch. Ooh, oh, fire witch. Draws power from fire. Ooh. So if you're a fire witch, then you would love the element of fire and you'd have very successful fire spells, so such as candles, um, mixing potions over an open flame, 
and things like that, but it's also quite linked to their nature. So they're probably quite a hot and fiery in their nature themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those quick to anger, burn up sort of people um, with that. Then we have the divination witch. Yes. So these are the ones that, um, focus more on their divination practices. So any type of divination, whether they're, what was that sternography where they cut people open, um, tarot, astrology, scrying, pendulums, um, things All that like stuff that. that was on your list last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With that. Another one I like is the storm witch. So, so much is drawn to, to, for crazy weather. So I think I'm a little bit of an element of a storm witch in myself because I love extreme temperatures. I love, you know, heavy rains, loud thunder, heaps of lightning. Very, very that, frightening. Just enjoy the chaos. Sorry. Very, very frightening. <laughs> yeah, you know, not stand out naked, put your arms up in the air. Well, maybe not. Awesome. <laughs> but there was, but you had the uh, weather witches at Boss Castle, and they mm-hmm. used to have yes. to pay the um, <clears throat> the the boatmen used to pay them or, or give them food or money or something mm-hmm. to um, ensure they had a safe journey out yes, to the no, seas. They'd sing in the wind. Yeah. So they'd either take mm. the wind away yep. or they'd bring the wind in. Yep, as needed. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Then there's a swamp witch. So if you've watched American Horror Story Coven, you know about Misty Day out in the swamps, working a magic with the mud out there. Mm-hmm. With that, then we have our lunar, our moon witches, and they're the ones that really, you know, I think the moon is an element in all parts of witchcraft, regardless of what type of witch you see yourself. But these witches focus and draw their power specifically from the moon. Mm-hmm. Elemental witches, so obviously working with all the elements, earth, air, fire and water into their everyday practice. We have sea witches, which draw all their energy and focus from the ocean, but the, the spirit oceans, um, the, the spirits of the oceans as well. Crystal witches... Now, ancestral and hereditary witches. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there, there should have been a lot more size going on through the whole thing. <laughs> Look, I, I just can't get over how prolifically the, those Salem witches spread because so many people... I'm a direct I'm descendant. A direct descendant. <laughs> yes, I'm a direct Same. descendant. Um, yes. I've walked so past the house. I'm a descendant. Yeah, so that's... Good on them. Good on them. <laughs> that everything can be learnt. Yes. Um, then we have our cosmic witches. So they're the really astronomy, astrology, sky-dwelling ones. And then the chaos witch. Now, this always keeps me... I don't know. I'm quite intrigued with the chaos witch. Because I think it goes right against my nature as a um, Capricorn. <laughs> but... You know, these ones that witches that really perform emotional and tumultuous magic, so, you know, they're fueled by that energy of things that clash. Mm-hmm. So for me, that really, that, you know, big, crazy emotional stuff really is quite the opposite of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I would love if any of our listeners are actually chaos witches to actually contact me because I really want to know more about these 
switches. Mm. Now, Christy, we have to pull you up yes. at this I point. Know. Um, like I know. I said, we could go on forever with Yeah, you. absolutely. Now, just before you go, um, you're going to be at a local um, fair in uh, a few weeks. Could you tell oh, people really? about, um, about that, please, before we let you go tonight? Yes. So the Hunter Wealth, Health, Wealth and Wellbeing Expo is on at the showground at Bromeda mm-hmm. on February the 13th. That's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'll be there with all my spells and spirits goods. Yep. Um, so you come and meet me. You can... Purchasings on the day, and let and let Christy know chat. that you you know her from Spooky Sundays yes. because it's it'd be nice to know that um, the the people that she's reaching um, will reach out and say hello to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So okay. Thank, thank you. Call. Thank you, Christy. You're welcome. Maybe yeah. we'll talk to you again next week. Yes, we will, All if right. not before. Okay. Can't wait to find out about Wayne. I know. Oh, I know. Anticipation. <laughs> okay. Bye for now, Christy. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. Oh, and that means we are so close to the end. Well, we really are because uh, all those long songs have pushed us out. Yeah, but they've been beautiful songs. They have been beautiful songs. Yes. So just a reminder, guys, we have um, our uh, February tours up on Newcastle Ghost Tours and on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page. If you're interested in joining us live, we've got some great tours coming up this month. And we've also got a class that's going to be starting up towards the end of yes. February. Yes. Um, introduction to Paranormal Investigation Ghost Hunting with Anne and Renata mm-hmm. uh, and you can find that link also on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good Family page and also the Frightfully Good School of Ghost Hunting mm-hmm. that is the uh, Facebook page uh, and that is three weeks, 90 minutes each week and uh, it's 20 bucks a lesson. Oh, I mean seriously. So, so cheap. And if you can't listen live it is going to be recorded so you can go back and watch it at your leisure and you'll be able to watch it um, for as long as they keep it up on Facebook. Yes, and look, this is the third year we've actually been offering this, and you don't have to be an investigator. Um, you may just want to know the ins and outs. You yeah. may be a complete novice. Um, so this is for you. Absolutely. So we hope you can join us, but Renata, we have to go. Yeah, and look, thank you all for your ideas um, for what's going to happen um, in Chapter 2 for and portable Wayne. tree. Portable tree mentioned the... F word several times. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll think about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, some great ideas. Yes. So listen in for next week for Chapter 2. But in the meantime, we hope you all have a safe and wonderful week ahead. We're leaving you with Crowded House. See you soon. Stay spooky. See you on the dark side and all the other stuff. That we like to say that will go on a T-shirt. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.